0: This is RJ Carbone, and you're listening to BD4. Anthony for three. Bang! That one goes this one by Manningley. Oh, hang on to the Ruchetti Barrett. He does it again oh. from down. He down. is down. just tearing the Orioles apart. It's good. Oh. It's good. Randall gets the bounce, and he There's tries the go. game. Oh. He's a oh. thunder. Oh. Got it. With eight pins left, a grand slam the other way for Aaron Judge. Penetrates creates. And show us some dexterity as well All with the left hand. Yankees win. The Yankees win. All right, what's going on everybody? I am your host, RJ Carbone, and you are listening to, or maybe watching, episode three hundred and fifty-two three fifty-two. Of the podcast tonight. Welcome to BD4. Where there is no better way. To get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. We also do MMA now too. Yankees every series. Knicks every game. MMA on the weekends. Probably have a UFC 273. I believe. Preview coming out before Saturday obviously. So look forward to that. In one of these episodes. Um. If you have not checked out episode 351, where we preview the Yankees' upcoming season, which starts on Thursday, go check out 351. We had um, a guest on. We had Greg from Yankee Crazy Podcast. Great podcast. Go check out his podcast, Yankee Crazy Podcast. But be sure to check out 351. Had a conversation with Greg. We went around the diamond to preview certain Statistics and give some over under predictions. Talked about the offseason. Talked about Cashman. Talked about the Yankees' chances. So go check out episode three fifty one of BD four here if you have not yet done so, and you are a big Yankees fan. Um, yeah, we're talking Knicks tonight. Unfortunately, and the season's almost. It's almost there. We've got three games left. Right, three games left. We are at game seventy nine. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we're gonna talk, next, Uh But first, guys, if you are new here, welcome. First and foremost, thank you for stopping by. Uh, be sure to subscribe to the show if you have not done so. You can find BD Four on all the listening platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud. You can you know, and many more listening platforms. You can watch the podcast as well. This podcast is available in video format on Spotify and on YouTube. So be sure to do that. Um, If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, be sure to give us a five-star rating and review. We are currently a five-star podcast and would like to keep it that way. If you're watching on YouTube, be sure to give us a subscription. Subscribe to the channel. And, um, you know, share it on social media. Download these episodes and if you want to follow me on social media, you can do that too. I'm on Facebook at rjcarbone. Just type in r.j.carbone in the search bar on Facebook. And I'm also on Instagram at the handle at robjcarbone. That's at robjcarbone on Instagram. Um, and I also write a blog. If you go to ultimatesportsnetworks.com, and put into the search bar the Bomberbacher blog or my name. You'll find my blog, the Bomberbacher blog, and you can subscribe to that blog using promo code 6A2841ERJC. 6A2841ERJC. Doing that, subbing using my promo code gives you a discount per month. Full access to every single article, Yankees and Knicks, and you get a discount anytime you purchase merch. So once again, that is if you're listening to the show, go to ultimatesportsnetworks.com and search either my name or the Bomberbacher blog into the search bar on ultimatesportsnetworks.com. If you're watching the podcast, the link, the actual link to the Bomberbacher blog is on the screen. Um, so yeah, with that out of the way, let's not waste any further time. Let's get to our first break. When we get back from break, we will talk Knicks and, um, who'd they just be? Knicks magic. <laughs> we'll talk a little Knicks magic. I was just watching the, um, national championship game. The, uh two teams that made it out of the Final Four. UNC versus Kansas. It was a very good game. And I actually didn't think the... Uh, there's a there's a little boost, promo boost, on uh, FanDuel. It was the over and, like, an alternate spread of plus 7.5 for Duke. That covered. And I didn't think the over had any chance after that first half where Kansas was just chucking bricks. But the pace of the game was so high that eventually it got up to that. Um, over under number, it didn't hit it. It was the the under hit, but it was very close. But um, it was a good game. You know, betting aside, it was a good basketball game to watch. <clears throat> um, didn't pay too much attention to college hoops this year. I know I kind of said I would do do some more draft scouting with the Knicks. Somewhere within the ten to twelve range. Most likely, maybe we'll talk more about that in the summer. We'll have some Knicks episodes in the summer. Do not worry. Talk some off season. Talk some drafting, things like that. Uh, but this episode, we're gonna recap the game, or just go over some you know, what I liked, what I didn't like, and talk a little bit about the off season. There we go, the usual. We'll break it down here at three fifty two. So we're gonna have to break. We'll get back and start up right away. Stay with us. Hey guys. So, I've noticed that only a small portion of you who watch BD4 on YouTube are actually subscribed. So, if you do enjoy this podcast, and maybe you want to be notified when new episodes release, I'd consider subscribing and also hitting that notification bell. This way, we can help the channel grow, and you won't miss a single episode of BD4. Alright, let's get back to it. Sure, we're all set. Okay, welcome back to the show. Episode 352 of BD4. I'm your host, RJ. So, let's talk about this Knicks game. Uh, it was the second of a back to back. Um, like I mentioned, we're not going to recap, like towards the end of the year, I mentioned it. I'm not going to be recapping both games of a back to back. Uh, No particular reason. I've just been busy a little bit. But we have, we covered most games this year. So, 118 to to 88. 118-88 victory. The Knicks over the Magic on the second night of a back-to-back. Coming off an awful loss to Cleveland. The Knicks needed this victory just for the sake of, you know, getting that stench out. Uh, I didn't expect a ton of energy and competitiveness in this one because, again, second night of a back-to-back. But we got it. The Magic are a terrible team. Uh, But it was definitely the Knicks' best team effort. If you're, you know, talking about unity, right? Definitely one of the best team efforts you're going to see. Randall sits out and he's sitting for the rest of the year. He sits, and three guys score 20-plus points, almost four. RJ leads the way, quickly, balling out, triple-double, Obi Toppin, couple of career highs. So Randall sits, three guys with 20, Burks has 19, one's got a triple-double, other has career high. (laughs) So just saying. I'm not saying, but I am saying. No, but, but, you know, all the youth played well. Uh, I got something in my eye. I think maybe except Grimes didn't play too well. He hasn't looked that good, Quentin Grimes, since coming back from the knee injury. I still think he's a little hurt. He doesn't look the same. He's not moving and running as well as he usually does. A bit concerning, to be honest with me, because it is a knee injury, and it's kind of like, what's the point of rushing him back? I would, I, yeah, If I was managing this, I would just sit him out the rest of the, the three games. I'm still a big fan of his game. I like Grimes, even though he has struggled mightily since returning. I still think he could be a solid role player. I think it was a solid draft pick. Maybe someday he could be a guy who could score you 10 points, 40% from three. Good help defender, good on-ball defender, great instincts defensively. Has got good size to play the one to three. Or the 2-3. And, you know, the Knicks win this one by 30 points in Orlando. Which, by the way, there were Knicks fans all over Amway Center last night. All over. You had Obi and RJ Chance constantly throughout that second half. And it was a great bounce back by RJ Barrett. 27 points five rebounds, and six assists. Shoots nine for 20 from the field. Three of nine from three. Six of eight at the free throw line. One steal, three turnovers, and 33 minutes played. play. Again, you watch him last night, and it just seems like his drives are becoming much easier for him. Much more fluid looking. He's getting getting to the rim is becoming a habit for him. Does the efficiency need some work there? Of course. Talk about that a lot. But it's become so automatic for him to at least work his way to the cup. And that's a good thing. Right, The fact that we are at a point where we can now complain about RJ's efficiency numbers and not his scoring. Not him not getting minutes, which has never been a problem since he came into the league. So credit, credit to the Tibbs there. But it's the fact that, you know, we're now complaining about whenever he doesn't score 20. You know, or we're complaining about some efficiency problems. That, to me, shows it's a step in the right direction. Definitely a step forward. You know, because he's becoming a consistent 20-point game threat. 20 points per game threat. That shows growth. That's no longer a concern. He's working his way to 20 points, even while not shooting the highest percentages from the field at 41%, from three at 35%, from the free throw line at 71%, 72%. He's not extremely efficient, and he's still getting 20 points. So he's a volume scorer right now, but if he can get a little more efficiency, I'm talking maybe someday become a 45%, hopefully next year, 45% shooter, a 35% or higher shooter from three, a 75% shooter or higher from the free throw line. That 20 points could be 25 and it look more efficient. I think that's a good thing. He's still giving you 20 while being somewhat inefficient. And he's a guard, guys. So I like, you know, I like that this is the problem we now have. That shows that to me you could take as a positive. He wants to be the guy. You could see how hungry he is out there. He wants to get paid. I'm ready to give him that extension when that time comes next year. Speaking of extensions, Mitchell Robinson wants to get paid. He also had a nice bounce back last night 12 points, 10 rebounds, 5 blocks, 3 steals. 6 for 8 from the field, 29 minutes played. Look, kid wants to get paid. He had some dominant outings when we heard the Miles Turner rumors, right? Lately, we're starting to hear a lot about Mo Bamba as a potential replacement if Mitch leaves in free agency, which is very likely. And I'm one to believe, you know, Mitch is a smart guy. He's active on social media. He hears everything. He sees everything. I think he takes it out on the court in a good way. So he wants the money. He's made it known. He's not going to... He hasn't said it outright. But if you follow him around on social, he's very high in himself. So he seems like the guy who's gonna want the money over loyalty. And again, I, we've spoken about this a ton. Maybe we'll get into it more in the off season. We will. But I'm willing to do you know something around twelve to fourteen salary. Four years, five years, maybe. I wouldn't want to go higher than that. Try to stay away from the 15 mark annually. Stay in that 12 to 14 range. I'd do it. I think, you know, if he's giving you 9 points, 9 boards, a couple of blocks, great defense right now, and if he gets better, who's to say you can't give you, you know, 12 and 10, 12 and 11? Be a great defensive player. I have no problem with the traditional big... I don't. Especially with our guy Emmanuel quickly showing that he's been better and better and better as the playmaker as the days go by. He might be the best lob thrower on the team. Right next to RJ, maybe better. He's really good in the pick and roll with Mitch. Quickly, another triple-double last night, and we're going to get to him. We're going to get to him when we get back from break real quickly. Stay with us. We'll be right back. So, BD4 is on so many platforms to listen to. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud. You can listen to us on Spotify. You can find us on our sponsor, Anchor, and many other listening platforms as well, wherever you get your podcasts. But we are also available to watch on YouTube. So if you want to watch us on YouTube, go subscribe there. But if you prefer to listen to us, again, many, many, many listening platforms. Just be sure to subscribe, download, give us a rating, a review, comment, share the podcast, and all that fun stuff. This is BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. That's right. New new little uh, feature here on the show. New little segment. Our Bing Bong Ball of the Night goes to Emmanuel quickly. Maybe next year we'll start doing this from Game 1. And whoever collects the most Bing Bong Balls of the Night will, like, receive the MVP or some shit. <laughs> or the highest grade whenever we do our end-of-the-year progress reports. Uh, yeah, tonight's Bing Bong Ball of the Night goes to IQ. As you can see on the screen, he went off last night in Orlando with a triple-double off the bench. <laughs> Thanks, Dibs. 20 points, 10 rebounds, 10 assists. On 8 for 19, 3 for 10, 1 for 1. Field goals, 3 points, free throws. 1 for uh, I'm sorry, uh, 2 steals, 1 turnover, 34 minutes played. Just again, Out there orchestrating the offense with the second unit, spent a little time with some of the starting unit, quarterbacking, directing traffic, getting them into half court sets, showing point guard leadership. Scoring, shooting, playmaking, rebounding, defending, his fingerprints were all over this game. He's probably the hottest Nick right now. I would say since mid February, you can make a case. You know, last 15 games for quickly, 15 points, 5 rebounds, 4 assists. 45% from the field, 40% from 3 on 5 attempts, 86% at the free throw stripe on 4.5 attempts a night. But the thing is, why I'm saying right next to RJ, and it might just be quickly who's hotter than RJ, is because when you're a young player and you have a stretch like this, for a month plus, the question always starts to come up. Is he really on fire? Is it a hot stretch? Or is it just this player, this young player, coming into his own? Right? Because we were doing this with R.J. Barrett for a while. Talking about, oh, RJ has been really good his last 12 games, 15 games, 20 games, 25 games. And it's become a thing to where, well, it's, it's stretched so far. I think it's like he's averaging 24 points over his last 30, maybe 40 soon games. Where it's like, oh, maybe this is just RJ now, right? So we believe that with RJ, it's now just real. It's no longer just an outlier stretch. This has become RJ Barrett. And so with Quickly... It's become like a month now. You can go further back than just 15 games. You really can. He's played very well. So the question's starting to come up. Is it a hot streak? Or is it quickly coming into his own and developing here? Late in year two. What I like about this is, and I know it's going to be very repetitive because we've talked about it so much with him, but his turnover... Ratio. His assist-to-turnover ratio is so very efficient. Four to one for a while now. He takes such good care of the basketball, and I can't stress enough how important that is from the guy who takes it up court, from the point guard position. All this talk about quickly not being a traditional point guard, a true point guard, put that in quotes. Okay, great. But we are in 2022. How about being a modern point guard? Is that that crazy to say? He can't be a modern point He can be a modern point guard. He does consist of some of those traits. He can shoot. He can finish. He's 61% at the rim as a guard. He can run the break. His best play comes when he's in the little speed lineups. And again, his playmaking efficiency is very, very sharp. I don't think it's far off for quickly... To be able to give you 4-6 to assists with low turnover rates more often. Some of the best NBA point guards out there are shoot first, score first. Steph Curry, Trey Young, Dame Lillard, Kyrie Irving. Just because he's not Chris Paul, he's not Ben Simmons, Rajon Rondo, doesn't mean he can't play point guard. It's a different game now. And he possesses some of the streamlined traits that NBA point guards have. It's why I get very frustrated. All of us do. We get very annoyed with, Thib- with Thibodeau. You know, because we send Kemba home packing. Right, a couple of months ago, we send him home. Pack your bags, Kemba. We're done with you. Forget Rose mid-December. Okay, we'll give Tibbs the benefit of the doubt there. But when we sent Kemba home, right then, that's where Quickly should have been given the the starting point guard spot. Right there. Again, I'll give Tibbs the benefit of the doubt back in December. You don't want to do it because you're still very early in the season. Don't want to take that risk. But when Kemba fell off, when we gave him the boot, that's when Quickly should have been given the spot. But Tibbs has shown us, and he's still showing us, that he would rather go with an out-of-position veteran over quickly. And his excuses are becoming very tired. The switchability defensively. Or we need that spark off the bench. But how often do the Knicks get off to these dreadful first quarter starts? Can't ignore that. This kid has deserved to get at least a look here at point guard in the final three games. You cannot give me one reason for starting a veteran on a short-term contract down the stretch here in games that are now meaningless. You can't give me one good reason. And that's what's so frustrating. Because when we talk about, you know, maybe this could be our point guard, there's a lot of hesitation about it, right, with quickly. Is he going to be the point guard? Is he not a point guard? Is he a combo? Is he a quasi-guard? You can thank Tibbs for that. Because if Quickly was getting this evaluation as a starting point guard all this time instead of Burks, maybe we'd be a lot closer to our answer here. So that's why we give Thibodeau a lot of shit. And the same thing with Deuce McBride. Just 11 minutes last night. He played great too. 3 for 4. Hit a couple of threes. Played great point of attack defense once again. But 11 minutes. Why? What is left for the veterans to play for? Get somewhere, progress, find answers. Come closer to resolutions to some on some of these questions here. I mean, sure, you know, Burks has he played well last night. He's been playing well lately. But 33 minutes is that necessary? Is that necessary to play him 33 minutes on a 35 and 44 team with three games remaining? Had we come to this realization way earlier? we could be more certain on specific things. Specific matters. And it's not like it was risky to do so. Because the younger players, all season long, have been outplaying the veterans most of the time. They play hard, they hustle, they run, and they're just as capable offensively. With the ceiling to reach. I'm not saying Quickly's development has been slow either. Don't get me wrong. Tibbs is giving him minutes. He's letting him take these reps. He has taken steps forward in a, in a few aspects, defensively, as a playmaker, and as a rebounder. This season, he's even improved. So credit to Tibbs, or or you know, honestly, that's more Johnny Bryant. You got to give credit to there for progressing his game. But as a team looking for our next starting point guard or at least getting closer to an answer you know maybe we would have been more comfortable talking about going in the house with quickly and not having to overspend on a brunson etc had we given quickly a shot immediately post Kemba a few months ago but instead now it's looked at as a maybe maybe not Is see the guy and that is 1000% at the fault of Tibbs. I just wish he'd explain to us idiots, us morons, why, you know, going with an off the ball veteran wing in Burks is so much better than going with quickly at point guard. Because all the shit you guys give about quickly not being a point guard, Burks is not a point guard. Burks is a is a, a shooting guard slash small forward. He's a wing. A typical wing. A veteran wing at that. Quickly is a young guard who can develop into a point guard. (laughs) It's like, it makes no sense. I was watching, so this is a Knicks fan TV stat here. JD, last night on the show, read a stat that blew my mind. It blew my mind. In the month of March, Alec Burks has averaged more points per game than Giannis, Morant, Curry, Butler, Chris Paul, Jokic, and Embiid. One guy out of that whole list doesn't quite fit in with the rest. Can you guess who? Yeah. What are we doing? What are we doing? (laughs) I want to talk about Obi Toppin and some more when we get back from break. Stay with us. So, if you guys want to follow me on social media, be sure to do so right now. I'm on Facebook at RJ Carbone. And I'm also on Instagram at Rob J. Carbone. Once again, if you want to find me on Facebook, that is RJ Carbone. Instagram at Rob J. Carbone. Hey guys, I hope you're enjoying this episode, but first, I also want to let you know I have another blog. The blog I'm writing for is on UltimateSportsNetworks.com, titled The Bomber Bacher Blog. If you want to go subscribe to this blog, you should do so using my promo code 6A2841ERJC. Using that, you'd get a discount $7.99 a month to get the best Knicks and Yankees opinionated content around. Once again, guys, the Bomber Bokker blog on com using promo code 6A2841ERJC, C seven ninety nine a month. Alright, welcome back to the show. I am your host, RJ. You're listening to episode 352 of BD4. Just talked about quickly, I want to talk about Obi Toppin. Last night, Obi Toppin went for 20 points, 8 rebounds, and 3 assists. Shooting 7 for 16, 4 for 10 from 3, 2 for 2 at the line. He had 1 block and was a plus 46 last night. That's an incredible plus-minus. And the fact that he had a plus 46 in a 30-point blowout was awesome. 16 more points than the actual disparity. Played 35 minutes last night. Nice to see that. Got the start, obviously, and 35 minutes. And I love the fact that he took 10 three-point attempts. That shows how much confidence he's gained now since he's been knocking them down for a little bit now. And he hit four. He connected on four. I believe that was a career high as well as the 20 points. But, you know, he continues to show that when he gets more minutes, he takes advantage of it. Right, we were talking about, oh, well, 12-minute Obi Toppin might not be the same as 20-minute Obi Toppin. Well, he's getting the 20-plus minutes now, and he's starting to produce more. 30-plus minutes. We got to see. You know, I'm not saying he's going to continue to do this, but I think it's very possible that someday he could be putting up numbers like he's been. The last eight games for Obi Toppin, 14 points, five boards, two assists, a steal, a block, 58%, 38% from three, and 84 at the line. As a starter this season, 15-7-3 in 32 minutes. And I think those numbers, I think eventually it's very possible that Obi Toppin could become a 15-8 and eight player if given the opportunity, obviously digging into some numbers before I came on the show here Obi has played 17 games this year with at least 20 minutes one of them I threw in there it was like 19 minutes and 30 seconds so I rounded it off 17 games with at least 20 minutes and how many games has he scored below double figures in those games just three so 14 of 17 games when given 20 plus minutes he scored in double figures He's producing. He produces. When he comes in, the team plays better. His plus minus is always positive. And I just love the way the eye test backs it up. I love the way the offense looks with Obi in there over the way the offense looks when Randall is in there. If he can give you 15 plus points consistently, I will take that over Randall's 20 plus points. Because it comes with so much more efficiency. You're talking about a 55% shooter. Versus a 40% shooter. Someone who's going to take smarter, more efficient attempts at the rim. As a great finisher. And occasionally steps out to shoot the jumpers. Versus somebody who is going to abuse the jump shot at power forward. Also have to look at the decision making. When Obi gets the ball in the half court. He either attacks right away or he's moving the rock. Julius get gets the ball in the pinch post. He's gonna take a good seven seconds, if not more, to decide what he's gonna do. Or he'll wait till the very last minute when the defense sends help to get rid of the ball. So I just love the way the offense looks with Obi Toppin in there. He's active, he's aggressive, he attacks the last three rebounds. Hunts for the boards instead of not just lazily collecting them as they come down to him. He runs the floor, he moves the ball very quickly. There's just such great chemistry when he's on the floor with the younger guys, especially. Talk about this a lot, him and Emmanuel quickly's chemistry. They play, when they're out there together, I love the offense how it's that run and gun style. It's the run and gun offense. They run together like a Coach K Duke team. With RJ, Cam, and Zion, right? So you love it, you love to see it, and uh, if you're keeping score, because I'm keeping score just for the hell of it, the Knicks are now three and four without Julius and 32 and 40 with them. So they win 43% of their games without them and 44% with them. So it's the same thing. <laughs> now it's a small sample size. It's the end of the year. You're playing against teams that who that aren't playing for anything. I get that. But again, I do think it's a bad look for Randall that the team seems to pass the eye test at the very least without him, right? They still need more talent, but I continue to say and I continue to believe that the Knicks would have been a plain contender this year. They would have at least been around 500 had they mixed in the young kids a little bit earlier and had they shaven five minutes off of Julius's minutes per game total and Taj Gibson's minutes per game total and Alec Burks and Fournier's minutes per game total and didn't close games so consistently with Fournier Burks and Randall together on the floor. I do feel like the Knicks could have at least been a 41 plus win team. They have 35 with three games left, so they're going to end anywhere from 35 to 38. Is it that crazy to say had Tibbs done a little better job? Um, with his lineup flexibility, that they could have been a 41-45 to 45 win team. I don't think that's crazy. It's just a few more wins. <laughs> Still need more talent. Sure. Not going to be a good team without, you know, another go-to scorer in Randall's spot. But I think we should have been taking this time again to give Obi some more shots. Didn't have to take Randall's spot, but at least take a little bit more minutes from him. It's important to be able to recognize things like chemistry. I think that's very important. The guys like each other. This current youth unit that's on the floor, these last few games, they like playing with each other. They could, you could tell. They, they're a nice group of young players who play hard together. They put their effort in on the defensive side of the floor. You're seeing these double post-game conferences. Guys are right next to each other speaking to the media. That's shit you only see in college most of the time. Meanwhile, Randy's skipping press conferences. And you can tell his clown's jealous of it all, man. Look no further than what happened after the Chicago win. The Knicks win the game. A great, nail-biting victory. Everybody on the team is celebrating half-court. Randall... Chucks the ball away in anger at the end of the game, puts his head down, soaks his way to the locker room while his team's on the middle of the court celebrating. If that's not jealousy, what the hell is? So I'm ready to move on. Him and even Fournier, even on the court, I'm just talking on the court, they don't even fit the style, that high-tempo style. They don't fit that. Forget the antics. They don't even fit the on-court style of this team. I would love to move on from both. They're both long-term deals. Going to be hard, though. Fournier, again, I've made it known I would accept him in a role off the bench. But Randall's not going to want a lesser role. That's the thing, right? If he didn't have an ego, I would be a little more willing to have him on this team going forward. But he does have an ego. And I get that his value is a lot lower at the moment. But it's like if you don't move him, excuse me. It's like if you don't move him, how in the world do you expect to win this way going forward with him the center of the offense? He's not a number one. He's probably not a number two. How the hell do you get him to take a back seat from where he is now? His ego is still based off last season's fake year with with an open gym, (laughs) especially with Tibbs here, with Thibodeau's here. If he's sticking around next year, getting him to go from a number one option to a role player is going to be damn near impossible. Again, if they're around together. I just don't see that working out. So we should not be basing the roster construct off of Randall, but instead of basing it off R.J. Barrett. Because that's your guy. So I'm very concerned because Tibbs will be back per the report. And if next season we still have the same couple of questions, that's an issue. That means we've not gone anywhere. You know, if we're still asking ourselves questions about, you know, the rotation, the youth, the offense, Randall, if that's still the story, if those are still the storylines, that's a million percent on tips. We need to make progress as an organization here. And get somewhere. We have to have different questions to answer next year. We can't still be talking about the same things from 2021 on to 2022. We need to make progress. Next year, we have to have different things to figure out. We cannot be still stuck on the same subject. That can happen. And that's why I'm concerned. Because there's a good shot that both Thibodeau and Randall are here next year. Um now that the Thibodeau news was was reported a few weeks ago. (laughs) So I'm liking the way the Knicks are playing without him. I'm not trying to overreact and tell you that this team is going to consistently do this without him. But I am saying that down the line, I do prefer having a team like that if you can get another scorer in there. Because... Randall, right now, with this unit, a lot of the stats are empty. When you take into account the inefficiency offensively. When you take into account the effortless defense that he plays. That neutralizes him. That neutralizes him. So, that's my take, man. It's been my take most of the season. Ready to move on from the guy. I enjoy the way they play without him. Not looking at the record here, just looking at the eye test. I think they play better without him. And if you can get one more solid scorer aside, R.J. Barrett, solid option. I think this team's in a better shape. You know, it'd be it's again. It's a shame that Randall's ego is so big because if you were to accept a lesser role, I think he could be a killer. Number two, number three. I do. Play off the ball more. But it doesn't seem like he's willing to accept that. And that's been obvious. So we're gonna head to break, get back from break, wrap it up with the NYY, NYK, MMA question of the day, and that'll be at, that'll be that for three fifty two. Stay with us, we We'll be right back. A custom wall tapestry is a sure way to uplift any room's aesthetics with a personal touch. This 100% polyester wall tapestry comes with hemmed edges for extra durability, while its mildew and water-resistant properties ensure years worth of decorating bliss. The advanced tapestry printing techniques guarantee crisp detail even for the craziest of designs, in any of the multiple size choices. You can select a size of 26 by 36 inches, 51 by 60, 68 by 80, and 88 by 104. These wall tapestries usually ship in 7 to 10 business days, and the price ranges from $24.99 to $69.99, all dependent on the size you select. The Bomber Bacher blog wall tapestries come in orange, gray, and black. But most importantly, be sure when purchasing a wall tapestry for the Bomber blog that you use promo code 6A2841ERJC. 6A2841ERJC. Just go to ultimatesportsnetworks.com and click on the Shop MVP tab. Searching the Bomber blog. And there you have it. All right. So for episode three fifty two, our NYY NYK MMA question of the day is Who was the last? Nick to play all 82 games in a season. And your clue, they mentioned it in last night's MSG telecast. Okay, one last time. Who was the last Nick to play all 82 games in a season? And your clue is they mentioned it in last night's MSG telecast. So let me know the answer to that question, our NYY NYK MMA question of the day for episode 352, and I will let you know the answer if you get it correct, as well as give you a shout out. If you attempt to guess the answer, but you get it incorrect, well, I'll at least let you know what the answer is. If you get it correct, I'll give you a shout out. So thanks for tuning into this episode, episode 352. Again, I am your host R.J. Carbone. That'll do it. Um, Wednesday we got the Nets, so this one will tell a little bit more. Because the because the Nets are obviously still playing for something, big time, and you know if the Knicks can put together a win, that's impressive. That means a lot more than this Magic victory. That actually means something. But these young Knicks are playing well, regardless. They're going out there and they're trying to make a point to their coach that you got to play us, and you should have played us a little longer ago, instead of wasting two thirds of the season on veterans when they were consistently not doing as great as the youth was. But hey, that's just me. I'm not anti-Thibodeau either. Let's make that clear. Okay, I have no pro- I have no. Well, I have problems with them. <laughs> but I'm not. Again. I'm not, like, fire him or I'm out. I wouldn't mind if they moved on from him. But, you know, when it was brought up a few weeks ago that they were planning on bringing him back, I was like, okay, we just have to do a lot of work to make this, this, you know, work. As I mentioned, get a point guard so Randall doesn't have to take it up court. Try to move Randall so, you know, even if we get that point guard, he doesn't still try to be the number one guy. Try to... Get as little veterans as possible and move the current veterans off this team so he doesn't have to play them. We have to do everything possible so he can focus more on youth. Obi Toppin should speak up in the offseason. Some of the young players should try and speak up. Or the front office, more realistically, it's going to have to be the front office and Thibodeau kind of sitting together with Randall and having a real talk of what the future should be. But that's it, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Again, I'm your host, RJ Carbone, episode 352 in the books, and I'll see you in the next episode. All right. Ciao. This podcast is brought to you by Anchor. It's the best way to make a podcast. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm.